0: Blog Talk Radio. This is Michael Gordon, and you're listening to the Mind Whisper. You and I jumped right in. Today on the program on the Mind Whisperer, we are doing part two of the entwined lover. This uh, segment is called Conscious Erotic Love, part two of the program uh, we started uh, last session. And uh, we're going to jump right in today. Welcome to the program. If you're listening into the archive show, uh, really great to have you listening in as we very quickly uh, approach the 3,000 listener mark. It's very exciting for the show. Um, we just started up in uh, the end of 2012 in December. And obviously there's a real interest in the topics that we're covering on the program here and as the show grows we're going to have guests and have uh, a lot more variety in the program and have it more interactive. And so always hoping to have your uh, questions either by email or on the chat forum that you can find on the website here or of course calling into the program which is all possible through the website on Blog Talk Radio here. So as I said, I'm Michael Gordon. I'm your host. If you're listening into to the show for the first time, uh, you can read my biography. But in short, I am a psychotherapist in private practice, uh, a blogger, speaker, and also an Aikido teacher. Uh, so I bring a lot of sort of varied interest to um, and perspectives on on these issues that I call spiritual psychology for daily life. And so we're looking at things, you know, with the combined and, and integrated view of um spiritual matters not from a, obviously from a religious sense or in a physical sense, but just in terms of uh values really life values and in the greater picture and uh, applying them to some established theoretical and research based principles of psychology and science and we're talking today about the what most of us operate on is the mystery of relationship but really is- quite uh, easily explored through. Scientific inquiry and, and uh, you know measuring the data research, um, a lot of that being very sound psychological theory that was first established by Freud and then Jung, and he you know elaborated into through depth psychology into uh, you know relationships uh, you know and marriage psychology. So just to recap the last program, uh, we talked a lot about um, the idea of what we bring to relationship and our core issues that stem from attachment wounds in our early life, in other words, how there's a a perceived or a real detriment to our bonding with our parents, our primary caregivers, or maybe there's abandonment wounds there. And that sets us up, each um, of us differently, with different sort of attachment styles, so to speak. And generally speaking, that means... Uh, were either securely attached or insecurely attached. So, securely means, obviously, we had consistent and loving, nurturing uh, care and attention. And insecure, clearly, um, suggests that uh, that wasn't there and there was inconsistent parenting or there was the perception that we were unloved or um, that we had to somehow ameliorate um, and, and make up for a, a, an internal sense of not being enough. So if you had judgmental parents or parents who were neglectful or had their own issues and were sort of narcissistic and focused on themselves and left you in doubt and confusion at a very young age, you carry that with you. And that that becomes your inner template, your model of uh, who you are and your self-worth and what you bring to relationships. It also sets us up to be very uh, conditioned to be enmeshed in relationships and codependent. So what does that mean? That means that we are mediating our... Uh, real desire for connection and love through you know, an original wound, which is that we want that sort of universal acceptance from a parent when you're very, very young and independent. You, as you're developing psychologically and emotionally and socially, you need that unconditional love from the parent, because you don't have a sense of who you are yet. And as you develop a sense of who you are in your own social and emotional life, with your friends and school and then relationships, uh you know, you're not so dependent on, excuse me, for uh, the allergies here, spring allergies here in wonderful, uh, sunny, spring-emerging Vancouver, B.C. Uh, You're no longer so dependent on that unconditional support and validation from your parents. But it's it's very valid to have that early on in life. And so that sets us up later on to um, unconsciously really be seeking that and projecting that need onto others. So there we are at the crest of you know, uh, what we're lacking or feeling we're lacking and what we desire. And, and um, it complicates the search for relationship because we're really projecting, as Freud called it, uh, that those unconscious wounds or those unfulfilled needs from childhood or infancy onto the partner. So we're really not seeing our partner at all. We're really, unbeknownst to ourselves, uh, operating from this deeper, unconscious place. And in the initial phase of a relationship, you know, we're seeing what we want to see. And our partners also, at the same time, projecting what they want us to see as well. We've been doing that our whole lives because we've learned to adjust to what our parents give us attention for or, you know, um, or approval for. Because when you're very young, your association to getting attention is not just ego, it's survival. If you lose your parent at a very young age, you'll die. So there's a very primal sense of wanting to preserve the security of, the, of that attachment. And that brings us to looking at that security itself as a motivator for choosing relationship. Unfortunately, um, whatever that was familiar to us in our early conditioning and our family dynamics is what we know. And logically, it doesn't make sense that you would want neglect, that you would want chaos, that you would want judgment, that you would want abandonment that you would want openly, um, you know, emotional um, coldness or detachment. But unfortunately, if that's what we grew up with, that's what we build our world around, that that's what we can expect in life. That's normal for us growing up. It's what you had to cope with. Much like if you had a life of crime and you go to prison for it and you get out of prison, you're going to most likely revert to your criminal behavior because it's what you know and it's, it, it operates on a real basic security level and survival level, so we're motivated generally speaking, even the best adjusted of us to to in a healthy way to find a secure attachment, even if we uh grew up with it a secure attachment in our childhood, we still all crave you know um the, the consummation of romantic erotic love with another person that the fulfillment of that um expansion of ourselves and and the uh, our, our our the realization of our erotic life and um and everything that that entails and p- pleasure and enjoyment and um support and you know the security of being loved and and in a partnership so those are all valid things unfortunately if we are coming to it with uh wounds and with a deeper um Lack of uh, a secure attachment, then that's what's actually running the show, and we're going to pick what's familiar to us, and that's why, for a lot of people, they end up re- repeating the same pattern in relationships, even though the person looks different. Like it's you know, the, it brings to mind the phrase you know, rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. So you're you're addressing the, the you know, changing the, the the mannequins in the window of the storefront of the of the department store, but um, nothing's changed inside. You still have the same. Stock and you still have the same staff and the same look of the, and you know the, and feel of the of the inventory inside and the and the shopping experience inside and that's what we're like with our subconscious. We can change things on the surface. We can look at someone and say, oh, they're completely different than the last person I dated. But if, they, if we haven't resolved those dynamics, then they're still there. So how do we how do we overcome that? Well, first of all, clearly you know you need to have some self awareness and if not, um, do some work in therapy to. Uh, or others, you know, uh, self-awareness and, and self-development, to really contact your your whatever issues are are corrupted or distorting your your basic self worth because that's the script you're operating from. So that's just a whole other discussion that we can get into. But I'm going to presume from the place of neutrality that we are a well-adjusted person looking for healthy, conscious relationships. So I'm going to introduce today something, you know, very very um, helpful and uh, it's a it's a model of looking at love relationship in a very proactive way so that we can um really look at what are the you know the objective qualities and to to gauge you know how we're how we're choosing from that place and and uh whether our potential partner or our current partner and our relationship is falling into that whether you're uh you know a heterosexual homosexual person or whatever. Doesn't regardless of sexual orientation or your gender identity, doesn't really matter. These are all aspects of the dynamics of relationships. So, a, an American psychologist by the name of Robert Sternberg came up with a, a, a really great, simple but very profound uh, model of, of love, and he, he developed this triangular theory of love. So, if you can imagine a, a, a you know, a three-cornered triangle, like a pyramid triangle. And in the corner, starting from the left bottom-hand corner, you have passion. In the top point of the pyramid, in the peak, you have intimacy. And in the bottom right corner, you have commitment. So you have these three aspects of relationship, of love, relationship. Passion, which includes, you know, the sexual attraction. That's the fireworks. The second part at the peak of the pyramid is intimacy. And the intimacy is what makes you bond to the person and and develop a a closeness and connectedness and attachment. And that's how we actually, the glue that holds the relationship together is, you know, and, and physiologically I've described this in a previous program, that the hormones in your body change from the initial rush of the passion, we get into the bonding hormones that take over and that signal our system that we want to stay attached to this person. But the third part that's very critical is the commitment part and that is the conscious effort and the, the rational and consensual discussion and, and framing of the relationship and the the consensual meaning that you're making a choice together to, no matter what happens that you are making a commitment and that puts you in in the driver's seat rather than when things go really badly feeling like uh, this is something that's happening to you which sort of throws us back into feeling victimized and even if we're relatively well-adjusted people. You know, we may have issues from our earlier development, where you know, it reminds us of feeling not fully in control, or not validated, or loved, or that love is impossible. So, in that triangle, if you imagine those three points and those three major items, um, there are areas where you can experience a lot of one aspect without the integration of all of them. And so, in the middle of the triangle, the center of that pyramid. The integration of of those three qualities leads to what Sternberg calls consummate love. Intimacy plus passion plus commitment. So anywhere around the edges of that triangle or the the sides of the triangle, you can see combinations that aren't the complete consummate picture. So on one side, if you have passion on the left side of the triangle and then intimacy is at the top point of the triangle, then you have romantic love. So you have intimacy, you have passion, and this is what happens in the honeymoon phase of the relationship. Um, you've got this drive and this passion and this closeness without a relationship having formed or you know been, been established at, at that point, and that can lead us to think you know this is a good thing and you know because we feel it and uh, there's some closeness and you feel the attraction, but it doesn't necessarily lead to a uh, a powerful secure. Love relationship uh, on the bottom face of the triangle between passion and commitment. If you have passion and commitment, so you've entered into a relationship and there's some fire there, but you haven't got the intimacy developed and you haven't got that glue holding relationship together, relationship together, then you have what Sternberg calls fatuous love, which you could call you know a false love in a way. Um, it's incomplete love, and this is where I think a lot of people end up in relationship is they start with that initial uh, fire and attraction to one another, and they jump in. And particularly if they, um, you know, if you have a sexual relations with someone early on, because you think, hey, it feels good, and if it feels good, it must be right, all of a sudden you find yourself involved with somebody, but you haven't got the glue that holds the relationship together. You haven't got the intimacy that keeps, and the bonding that keeps it secure. And then on the other face of the triangle, on the right side, between the peak and the bottom right corner, you've got intimacy at the top, and then you've got commitment at the bottom. And those are, you know, independent qualities, right? Just pure intimacy and pure commitment. So you combine those two and you have intimacy and commitment. But you haven't got all three again. So what you have there is uh, you have the closeness and you have the committed relationship, so the, the, the agreement and the desire to keep working things out. And so you've attached, but you don't necessarily have the passion and the fire. And so that relationship can wither and die because we all still need, not necessarily to feel the same fireworks we felt at the beginning, but it's an inherent part of our life path that we want to uh, have that sense of mystery and uh, you know, what we call an erotic connection to life, which doesn't necessarily mean a sexualized connection to life, but it means a very um, sensual connection to life. And that includes our interior fantasy life are what turns us on, and sensually what turns us on in the world. And if you're not connected on that level in a relationship, then you've got a committed relationship where you're close with somebody, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're connected also on the passion and desire level. So the consummate version of all of that in a healthy, integrated way is to have consummate love, and that's passion plus intimacy, plus commitment. And it really is sort of the healing, um, healthy, dynamic model of love relationship that um, addresses what uh, relationship expert Esther Perel uh, is, you know, addresses in her work about this tension between the desire and the need for um, security, which includes a lot of things, not just the security of a love attachment, but also a partner in life to share a house, to share children, to share, you know, the economic load, the financial burden, and, and and to build your economic life, your financial life together, and build, you know, move with your life plans and your dreams, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but at the same time, uh, what attracts you to another person is the excitement, the otherness of the other person, the mystery, the adventure, all those qualities in life that keep us alive. And what tends to happen is we go for the the security uh, but then the passion dies in the relationship and so in order to keep that passion alive you've got to have those three elements and you've got the having the secure commitment of the relationship and the intimacy allows you the, the the stability in the relationship and the uh the the well-being the sense of well-being and groundedness in the relationship to withstand some distance between you to, to be able to see the other person as an other and not feel threatened that they're abandoning you and to continue coming back to them with um uh what uh what marcel proust talks about seeing the world with fresh eyes you know we don't see the world differently we see it with in a different the world doesn't become different doesn't change is that we see it with fresh eyes and so we're able to renew our sense of passion in a relationship throughout a long-term relationship um, because we're, we don't have that internal battle of struggling that it's either you know secure and 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 committed and we're close or it's going to be really passionate and fiery but without the security and and so we want the balance of all those things. So once again, a real packed, dense program this today, and uh, I hope that this has been very informative for you. I certainly enjoy it, uh, bringing across these complex topics, and uh, we'll be expanding more on these kind of issues and um, elaborating, you know, they, they all really interrelate, as you can see, um, in the areas of, you know, the vital importance in our lives, um, in, but in very practical ways. So I hope you've enjoyed the program. Please spread the word. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. All the links are on the on the page here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, thank you for your support. Hope you have a fabulous day. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Mind Whisper. My name is Michael Gordon. Be well.